Good morning. How are you? Can you hear me? Hello. Let me see if I do. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear? I now I hear you. How are oh, you? There you go. Yeah, I got you now. Well, you hey. must be Christina. Good morning to you. I am, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing just great. All That's right. That's awesome. So wonderful to unite. Yeah, you looking bet. forward to the class. Yeah. You'll okay. like it. You really will. Yeah. I believe I will. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So where are you? I'm in San Miguel de Allende in Mexico. Wonderful. What about yourself? I am currently in Toms River, New Jersey. In New Jersey? Well, yes. switch this one thing off here. Let Can you hear me? I do. I okay. do. Oh, that's better. <clears throat> New Jersey, no less. How about that? So yeah. it must be 12 o'clock there or 11 o'clock? Uh, it's almost 11. 11. Yeah, it's 10.57, right. Mm -hmm. yeah, 10.57, yes, yes, yes. Well, we're the early birds this morning, yeah? I know. I came on earlier also. Here and, comes, uh, yeah. We got two of you, uh, Kelly. How about that? Okay, okay, there we go. My computer was being really slow, so I was trying to see if I needed to get on. Hi, Kelly. But now I don't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That version of me is going away. Hopefully. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. fails, I'm just turning the phone off. It doesn't seem to want to knock me out yet. There we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I see something over somebody. What's... Oh, that's still me on the... I, I'm here in triplicate now. That's so. That that's happened. Okay. <laughs> Let me... Okay, I say, which one's me? Okay, that one's me. So this one should... Remove somebody. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Now I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, yes. I see you, you met Regina. I did. Yes. Good morning, Reverend Kelly. How are you this morning? Good. How are you doing? I'm choosing to be 100. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> Hi, Susan. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm good. Great. 
Where's our Jack today? <laughs> Lagging First, a little. He'll be here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I like that blouse, peace and love. That looks like good 60s information there. (laughs) Peace, love, and music in Austin is what it says. Oh, that's what it is. Austin, no less. Okay. Down there this weekend again. Okay, good. How are those grandbabies? Awesome, of course. Yeah. you've You've got a couple there right now, right? I do. Yep, I do. Yeah. Are you so happy? Yes, yes. It's a great deal. It sure is. Yeah. How long will they stay? Uh, Thursday. They go by Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Okay. A couple more days. What about you, Regina? You got some grandkids? Oh, let's see. About 19 of them. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you like 88 or something? <laughs> no, I, I'm a luscious 65. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wow. hey, hey, yes, yes, yes. I can't believe you have that many. That's so awesome. Yeah, I have uh, I have six natural born children, huh? four, by, four by marriage as well. And so everybody has been fruitful and multiplied. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I see everybody finally made it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hi, Jack. Who we got visiting today? Or are you joining us? I have joined you. Thank you so much. Great. Regina. My name is, that's right. I'm Regina, and I'm calling currently from uh, Tom's River, New Jersey. I actually live in... Uh, Douglasville, Georgia, which is 20 minutes outside of um, Atlanta, going towards the Alabama mountains. Oh, boy. <laughs> Have you visited up there a little bit? I'm now, sorry? Have you visited the Alabama mountains? I have, I have been through, not extensively, but I have been to and partially through. Oh, so wow. you live in Alabama, yeah? No, I live in Georgia. You live in Georgia. Got it. Right, right, right. I came to help my daughter um, restore herself. In New Jersey? Or yes, yes, New Jersey. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was funny when I saw Tom's River. That's actually where my dad was born and raised. Are you serious? Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. I never met anybody from Tom's River. So I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, she's. <laughs> <laughs> I lived. Um, 21 years in Lakewood, and um, then I've been in Georgia 13 years. But prior to that, I'm originally from Chicago, but I've been a world traveler because both of my husbands and I um, were in the Navy. Oh. Oh, Go Navy. (laughs) That's awesome, Regina. Yeah. What did you do in the Navy? I'm sorry? What did you do in the Navy? Well, I was cross-rated four times. Um, the last time I was an intelligence specialist. All right. That's nice. Better than in those engine rooms, I can tell you that. Oh, how well do I know? <laughs> it's really hot in there. <laughs> well, it's so nice that you're with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate joining you guys. Very cool. So how do you two know each other? How do you and Kelly know each other? Uh, by me actually going to um, 
the community uh, community miracle center online okay. um, reaching out and making connection got it good 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 morning to you kelly morning how you doing i'm, I'm doing okay i'm actually awake this morning so that's that's good <laughs> it's always good when she's awake regina okay that's a marvelous thing that's always the challenge for me yeah i'm, I'm not a morning person so eight is at one point, I think it was Susan was like, we could do it an hour earlier. And I was like, oh, no, we are not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, I had, thank you guys for, you know, last week. So, um, yeah, the dentist, the, without like another three-week delay, the only date they could get me in to do the, um, as a temporary crown on my tooth was my birthday. I was like, gee, thanks, guys. You know? <laughs> well, we didn't run Tony off, did we? No. He, he, he liked you guys. I told him. I was like, hey, they're a nice group. So. <laughs> well, thanks for lying for us, okay? Yeah. <laughs> We're the best. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, so, you know, I, I think maybe it was Nathan that emailed and said, you can join us to Reverend Tony. And I was like, I would love to have him join us, but, like, honestly – that he just made it yes last week was a miracle he usually does not get into the office till like noon so this was like not even his normally awake time oh my gosh i was like i need to cover for me he was like eight in the morning i was like uh-huh <laughs> oh gosh but i've covered several of his classes so i was like sorry your turn I'm yeah, and then I think September, September? Yeah, I think September, I, I, I might miss a class, I'm not sure. I don't, no, I, I think I can do it, actually. It'll be Tuesday, because we're Tuesday morning. I'll, I can do it. I'll be in Seattle in September one week, but. Okay. And I'll be here, so. Okay. I think everybody got introduced. We'll get started. It's um, we're starting on pleasure and pain. We actually have seven sections today. They're kind of short, mostly, but it is seven, so we gotta kind of keep ourselves moseying. And then halfway through, um, you guys all know we do a ten-minute break and we read one paragraph at a time. Um, each person reads a paragraph, and then at the end of each section, we'll pause and discuss. So we'll actually go me, Jack, Nathan, and then Regina. We're going to hop, have you hop in after Nathan, followed by Susan. Great. That work? That'll work. Perfect. So we're on pleasure and pain. Uh, it's page 392 in the regular book. Pocket is 420. Um, Susan, what page are you on for large edition? 511. Thank you. And Regina's on a Kindle, so it's pages, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, what chapter? Maybe I can find it that way. Chapter 19. Right. And it's partway into section five. Section five has a whole bunch of subsections.
Okay. Um, is that obstacles to peace? The yeah. First obstacle. Okay. Peace, but we're partway into obstacles of peace. Mm -hmm. So you want to scroll down to partway. There's there's the first obstacle, the second obstacle, and halfway through the second obstacle is a section called pleasure and pain, and that's where we're at. Those two those two uh, parts in there kind of go together, don't they? Okay, if I'm with you. Okay. Yay. Okay. Well, I will start. Pleasure and pain. Your little part is but to give the Holy Spirit the whole idea of sacrifice and to accept the peace he gave instead without the limit which would hold its extension back and so would limit your awareness of it. For what he gives must be extended if you have, or sorry, if you would have its limitless power and use it for the Son of God's release. It is not this you would be rid of, and having it, you cannot limit it. If the peace is homeless, so are you, and so am I. And he who is our home is homeless with us. Is this your will? Would you forever be a wanderer in search of peace? Would you invest your hope of peace and happiness in what must fail? Jack. Faith in the eternal is always justified. For the eternal is forever kind, infinite in its patience, and wholly loving. It will accept you wholly and give you peace. Yet it can unite only with what already is at peace in you, immortal as yourself, as itself. The body can bring you neither peace nor turmoil, neither pain nor joy. It is a means and not an end. It has no purpose of itself, but only what is given to it. The body will seem to be whatever is the means for teaching the goal that you assign to it. Only the mind can set a purpose, and only mind can see the means for its accomplishment and justify its use. Peace and guilt are both conditions of the mind to be attained. And these conditions are the home of the emotion which called them forth and therefore is compatible with them. But think you which it is that is compatible with you. Here is your choice and it is free. But all that lies in it will come with it and what you think you are can never be apart from it. The body is the great seeming betrayer of faith. In it lies disillusionment and the seeds of faithlessness, but only if you ask of it what it cannot give. Can your mistake be reasonable grounds for depression and disillusionment and for a retaliative attack on what you think has failed you? Use not your error as the justification for your faithlessness. You have not sinned, but you have been mistaken in what is faithful, and the correction of your mistake will give you grounds for faith. It is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. It is essential that this relationship be understood, for it is one the ego sees as proof of sin. It is not really punitive at all. It is but the inevitable result of equating yourself with the body, which is the invitation to pain. 
For it invites fear to enter and become your purpose. The attraction of guilt must enter with it. And whatever fear directs the body to do is therefore painful. It will share the pain of all illusions. And the illusion of pleasure will be the same as pain. Is this not inevitable? Under fear's orders, the body will pursue guilt, serving its master whose attraction to guilt maintains the whole illusion of its existence. And is the attraction of pain. Ruled by this perception, the body becomes the servant of pain, seeking it dutifully and obeying the idea that pain is pleasure. It is this idea that underlies all of the ego's heavy investment in the body, and it is this insane relationship which keeps it hidden and yet feeds upon. To you, it teaches that the body's pleasure is happiness, yet to itself, it whispers, it is death. Why should the body be anything to you? Certainly, what it is made of is not precious. And just as certainly, it has no feeling. It transmits to you the feelings that you want. Like any communication medium, the body receives and sends the message that it is given. It has no feeling for them. All the feeling with which they are invested is given by the sender and the receiver. The ego and the Holy Spirit both recognize this, and both also recognize that here the sender and receiver are the same. The Holy Spirit tells you this with joy. The ego hides it, for it would keep you unaware of it. Who would send messages of hatred and attack if he but understood he sends them to himself? Who would accuse, make guilty, and condemn himself? The ego's messages are always sent away from you in the belief that for your message of attack and guilt, will someone other than yourself. So let me read that one again. The ego's messages are always sent away from you in the belief that for your message of attack and guilt, will someone other than yourself suffer. And even if you suffer, yet someone else will suffer more. The great deceiver recognizes that this is not so. But as the enemy of peace, it urges you to send out all your messages of hate and free yourself. And to convince you this is possible, it bids the body search for pain and attack upon another, calling it pleasure and offering it to you as freedom from attack. You're not its madness, and believe not the impossible is true. Forget not that the ego has dedicated the body to the goal of sin and places in it all its faith that this can be accomplished. Its sad disciples chant the body's praise continually in solemn celebration of the ego's rule. Not one must, not one must, but must believe that yielding to the attraction of guilt is the escape from pain. No one but must regard the body as himself, without which he would die, and yet within which is his death equally inevitable. It is not given to the ego's disciples to realize that they have dedicated themselves to death. Freedom is offered them, but they have not accepted it. And what is offered must also be received to be truly given. For the Holy Spirit, too, is a communication medium 
receiving from the Father, and offering his messages unto the Son. Like the ego, the Holy Spirit is both the sender and the receiver, for what is sent through him returns to him, seeking itself along the way and finding what it seeks. So does the ego find the death it seeks returning to you. There we go. Pleasure and pain. Mm. What's our thoughts? Mm. Well, if I attack, I'm going to get smacked upside the head. That's what I got out of it. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, yeah, that's what I heard. What what was that again? If I attack, I'm gonna get smacked upside the head. I mean, it's I'm I'm going to be in pain. I'm going to be miserable. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it all back. That's what I'm reading in this. That's what I'm that's what I'm hearing through the lines between the lines. I'm hearing what goes around comes around when you allow perception um, led by ego, yep. you receive it in return. You know, whatever you are perceiving as being um, not whole, which is, which is your natural right to be whole, but the choices um, bear consequences. And, and we kind of expect that, I think, to be in to be in some form of pain. Um, yeah. But the, in actuality, if we're thinking in our right mind, the, uh, what the, what comes, what goes, goes around, comes around uh, type thing. It's what's coming back around is always an opportunity to see things differently. Yes. And, and, uh, and, and that's, that's where our opportunity comes into, into place. We can either look at this as a painful experience and, and you know, find all kinds of fear and guilt and, and ingrained in it, or we can look at it as an opportunity to, to, uh, to open ourselves up to listen to what the Holy Spirit can enlighten us on, to understand it better. Yeah. Well, but, you know, before you make that, other, that choice, though, you choose yeah. again. Uh, the, the first thing is, is really, as I see it, is the boomerang, you know, it doesn't matter if it's ego or Holy Spirit that that's the source, it's coming back and you can't escape mm -hmm. it. There's a mm -hmm. price of giving mm -hmm. is receiving and so that collapses into one. So whatever in my mind I'm putting out is what I don't, it doesn't leave me, it never leaves me because that's just it. And, and the other thing that seems pretty, pretty clear in this is that the body is that dumb animal. You know, it receives, you know, only the messages that the mind is giving it, and it's going to respond accordingly to the messages that the mind sends out. Right. So. Well, as in regarding the body, I found interesting, too, about, which was kind of the, for the reason of the heading of this section, says, you know, it's impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. Yeah. Like as soon as we identify with the body, even if you're like, oh, I may go get pleasure. It's like once you identify with that body, you're stuck with all of it. It's, it's like you don't get to pick and choose what parts of the experience you get. You're going to say you're a body, you're getting everything. 
Yeah, and why is that? Because, you know, if I think I'm a body, I'm going to get some pleasure there, then I've made the first mistake, right? I'm believing in form and duality. Yep. And that's not where truth lies. It's not going to lie to that. So I've got to undo it and choose again that it's not I guess, where I, I, guess, I guess kind of the message I'm, I'm getting part through this is that, that uh, I guess spirit's trying to make me aware that all of the all of the sensations and senses I get back that that the body provides back to me because basically I've I've said this is what I want to sense this is what I want to experience this is what I want to know about so the body is that that avenue through which I can receive those kind of impulses or, or messages and and it's up to me uh, to decide what I want to do with them and how I want to interpret them. But I, I'm thinking that all these messages come, that come back to me, whether they be pleasure or pain, are still illusion. Yeah. They're still part of the deception. And, and they're, part of, they're part of something that, that, that is not real. And that's, I think, what it's trying to get across, is what it's trying to get across to me is that I'm, I'm still accepting it, whether it's pleasure or pain, it's, it's still deception. Yes. Um, and, and, and I'm still participating <laughs> in, in the illusion. <laughs> I'm still choosing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I say it's interesting that the comments on choosing, because it, you know, it's in, right, well, for me, it's the Bama 393. It says it transmits to you the feelings that you want. Yep. Uh -huh. You don't think we want pain, and yet, you know, it's like we're we're having pain because that's what we're creating, because that's what we want for you know whatever ultra metaphysical reason you want to explain it with. Well, what's that? What's that pain? Why is it, why are we calling it pain? Conditioning. Well, the pain is just part. It's not something that's real. Yeah. It's illusionary. It's it's part of the deception. It's not really what we want. We want to be back in, I guess, heaven, if you want to call it heaven, okay? We don't want to be in this illusion, but we're choosing to be for whatever multiple reasons we have. But this, this pain is coming back as pain, uh, just as a message that's saying, this is not really what you want. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, whether, whether it is pleasure or pain, however we want to define it, it's all pain because it's keeping us from being who we are. Yeah. That's how I'm seeing it. And that's mm -hmm. how I'm interpreting it. I, I would see it as all illusion, you know, because you can, you identify pain and pleasure as different. It's just two poles. But yeah. it's just just, a, just an illusion and it's not real. And that's a hard one to really bite off and accept that it's not real when you feel good. You know, you, you, your body gets a little pleasure. Uh, that's not real. Well, it's the same as you get a little pain, you know. It's not real either. It's, I, I, could, <laughs> I could cope with, with feeling pleasure all my life. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Without the contrast, you'd never know what you had, though. There you go. But it's all pain. Sure, you sure would. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it's all pain in relationship to not being who we truly are, you know, awakened to who we truly are. It's all pain is associated with the, with the illusion. Uh, even the idea of pain and pleasure within this body is kind of a learned thing. Um, it's interesting. I, I did not mention this to you guys before. So Regina, um, you know, when I did the 10 day Vipassana meditation retreat, part of that is like four or five times a day. I forgot how many times a day starting from the third day through the 10th day they do, I forget what it's called, but it's during the, it's a two hour meditation and you're not to move. You're not to wiggle a finger. You're not to wiggle a toe. You are to stay a hundred percent unmoving physically through the two hours. And it's several times a day. Now I'll tell you the interesting thing is, you know, almost all of us, you know, by the fourth or fifth day, it's like your leg starts cramping, your foot falls asleep. <laughs> and part of the practice is that you're supposed to be scanning the body. And when you come to a part of the body that you term as pain or painful, you just acknowledge the sensation and then you're supposed to keep moving past it and not give it any more attention than any other part of the body. And it's interesting that like a lot of people partway through, they're suddenly like, wait, that thing that used to really, I thought was really painful. I realized it's just a feeling. And the only reason I thought it was painful was because I judged it as painful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. That's one of the big teachings with the Vipassana. Like you're not allowed to do any other, um, and if you're on medicine, you could take medicine, but like you're not supposed to stretch. You're not supposed to, you know, do yoga. You're not supposed to do anything to affect the, the physical body while you're there because you're supposed to just allow yourself to stop judging the sensation of it. Mm -hmm. That seems yeah. like a painful way to learn a lesson. <laughs> well, on the other hand, though, it, it kind of is weird when I think about what you're saying. If I'm getting... Um, say a foot, uh, you know, a massage and it feels wonderful. I'm judging that it feels wonderful. Does it not really feel wonderful mm. after all? Well, sure it does. But then I judged it. Is that not a good thing? Like I ju like what you're talking about? Well, I would say it's not the, I mean, is, is it pleasurable or are you saying that the sensation of them putting pressure and stretching the muscle, that that sensation is pleasurable? Seems like the same exact movement, but it was somebody you despised. Are cruel. Would no longer be pleasurable. If what? If somebody you hated was doing the same massage to you as the when you go get a massage at the massage place and you like the massage person, think of like the person who challenges you the most in the world, who really annoys the heck out of you. And you just don't even like them in the room. It would just be what's in my head about the massage, I guess. Yeah. 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 I think I'd still enjoy the massage. <laughs> right, Susan. You just, like, you're not going to enjoy it because who it is? I would. <laughs> well, okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> You're mad as heck at that person, but if in this now moment, okay, give me all you got, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not there. I'm like, if it's 
I'm challenged by them, like, don't touch me. I get very. <laughs> well, I, 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 still, I still think the point, the, the point that it's trying to make, at least it keeps coming back to me time and time again, is that is, is to realize that we're defining these things. Mm -hmm. We're defining them as painful or pleasurable or, you know, anywhere in between. And, and the, the idea is to recognize that these are messages that, that we've asked for to come back and so we can relate to in this experience and, 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 and this separation experience. Uh, when in reality, uh, when you compare it to, to who we truly are and what we truly are in true reality, this whole experience could be categorized as a painful experience. <laughs> but it, we, we just decided to, def, to break it down into, you know, painful, you know, pleasurable, you know, good, bad, whatever, uh, in this experience when it still is just the experience. Of, of a, it's a separation experience. If, if that makes sense. So if you're experiencing pleasure, you know, nothing wrong with that at all. Of course. <laughs> some people like to experience pain. I don't get that, but you know, some people do. You know, takes them all, yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to the third obstacle, which is the attraction of death. And. I think Regina read last, so Susan, we'll start with you. All right, I've lost lost my page. No, the attraction of the third obstacle, the attraction of death. Yep. In her special relationship, the Holy Spirit entered. It is given to release and be released from the dedication to death. For it was offered you and you accepted. Yet you must learn still more about this strange devotion, for it contains the third of which peace much must flow across. No one can die unless he chooses death. What seems to be the fear of death is really its attraction. Guilt, too, is feared and fearful. Yet it could have no hold at all except on those who are attracted to it and seek it out. And so it is with death. Made by the ego, its dark shadow falls across all living things because the ego is the enemy of life. And yet a shadow cannot kill. What is a shadow to the living? They, they but walk past and it is gone. But what of those who de whose dedication it is not to live? The black draped sinners, the ego's mournful chorus, plodding so heavily away from life, dragging their chains and marching in a slow procession, which honors their grim master, Lord of Death, Touch any one of them with gentle hand with the gentle hands of forgiveness, and watch the chains fall away along with yours. See him throw aside the black robe he was wearing to his funeral, <clears throat> and hear him laugh at death. The sentence sin would lay upon him, he can escape through your forgiveness. This is not arrogance. It is the will of God. What is possible to you who chose his will as yours? What is death to you? Your dedication is not to death, nor to its master. When you accepted the Holy Spirit's purpose in place of the egos, you renounced death, exchanging it for life. 
We know that an idea leaves not its source. And death is the result of the thought we call the ego as surely as life is the result of the thought of God. Well, well, that was kind of a morbid section. Well, I think those two, don't these two sections go together? Yeah. Well, that and the next section. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, really? That one, that paragraph I had, I was like, dang. dang. That's, that's, that's putting a perspective on what we consider our lives and our bodies, isn't it? Absolutely. But it makes sense. Yeah. Yep. We have any other thoughts on this section? Or we want to keep moving. Moving. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it just always catches my attention when we when it when in the course it, it talks about the enemy. Um, and, you know, because I guess I guess Jesus did that because. Um, it's just something we can relate to because I, I guess I don't think of anything as being an actual enemy. It's just something that we've misunderstood, misinterpreted, uh, and, and, and just don't, don't really understand. So I don't, I don't look as the e, at the ego as, is my enemy so much as it is that part of me that, that is distracting that part of me that is deceptive. Um, filled with all kinds of tricks and, <laughs> and things that, that would, would deceive me into awakening to who I am. But you don't, you don't view it as your friend, though, do you? I, well, well <laughs> come on, Nathan. <laughs> I was just checking back. That's it. I just, just where you are now. <laughs> no, I know. That's what you're saying, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, the, the only way I see it as my friend is, is, is <laughs> I know it, this is, this is taggy probably, but the only reason I, I might look at it as a friend is that it is actually giving me the opportunity in, in all these deceptions going through my mind to actually give me an opportunity to, to listen to the Holy Spirit and see the correlations and see things differently. Yeah, what a good buddy. Did yeah. I warm my way out of that one pretty good? Yeah, you might maybe look at it as, as your dark mirror. <laughs> dark what? Mirror. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm seeing myself darkly. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly illuminates my, uh, my shadow self. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was saying they're just, uh, just noting on 79, it brings up that one, which is kind of a popular... Um, quote that a lot of course students use to kind of be like it's your fault <laughs> <laughs> that um we know that an idea leaves not its source mm -hmm. you know and it's like ultimately everything is our fault but you know it's mm -hmm. an interesting quote because i've seen it sometimes i've seen people use it really great where they're like take responsibility for your experience and there are people are like it doesn't matter what i said or do because it's your problem because ideas didn't leave the source and we're like <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that's something Nathan brought up earlier. You know, he mentioned this earlier, but but that's so important to remember. It really is. So, let's continue on to the incorruptible body. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I think Jack read last, so Nathan, you're up. From the ego came sin and guilt and death in opposition to life and innocence and to the will of God himself. Where can such opposition lie but in the sick minds of the insane, dedicated to madness and set against the peace of heaven? One thing is sure, God who created neither sin nor death wills not that you be bound by them. He knows of neither sin nor its results. The shrouded figures in the funeral procession march not in honor of their creator, whose will it is that it is they will. They are not following it. They are opposing it. And what is the black drake body they would bury? A body which they dedicated to death, a symbol of corruption. A sacrifice to sin, offered to sin, to feed upon, and keep itself alive, a thing condemned, damned by its maker, and lamented by every mourner who looks upon it as himself. You who believe you have condemned the Son of God to this are arrogant. But you would, you who would release him are but honoring the will of his creator. The arrogance of sin, the pride of guilt, the sepulcher of separation, all are part of our, of your unrecognized dedication to death. The glitter of guilt you laid upon the body would kill it. For what the ego loves, it kills for its obedience. But what obeys it not, it cannot kill. You have another dedication, which would keep the body incorruptible and perfect as long as it is useful for your body, for, for your holy purpose. Body no more dies than it can feel. It does nothing of itself. It is neither corruptible nor incorruptible. It is nothing. It is the result of a tiny mad idea of corruption, which can be corrected. For God has answered this insane idea with his own, an answer which left him not, and therefore brings the creator to the awareness of every mind which heard his answer and accepted it. You who are dedicated to the incorruptible have been given through your acceptance the power to release from corruption. What better way to teach the first and fundamental principle in a course on miracles than by showing you the one which seems to be the hardest can be accomplished first. The body can, can but serve your purpose. As you look upon it, so will it seem to be. Death, where death were it true, would be the final and complete disruption of communication, which is the ego's goal. Yeah. Hmm. Those who fear death see not how often and how loudly they call to it and bid it come to save them from communication. For death is seen as safety, the great dark savior from the light of truth, the answer to the answer, the silencer of the voice that speaks for God. Yet the retreat to death is not the end of conflict. Only God's answer is its end. The obstacle of your seeming love for death, that peace, must, that peace must flow across, seems to be very great. For in it lies hidden all the ego's secrets, 
all its strange devices for deception, all its sick ideas and weird imaginings. Here is the final end of union, the triumph of the ego's making over creation, the victory of lifelessness on life itself. Under, under the dusty age of its distorted world, the ego would lay the Son of God, slain by its orders, proof in its decay that God himself is powerless before the ego's might, unable to protect the life that he created against the ego's savage wish to kill. My brothers, children of our Father, this is a dream of death. There is no funeral, no dark altars, no grim commandments, nor twisted rituals of condemnation to which the body leads you. Ask not release of it, but free it from the merciless and unrelenting orders you laid upon it and forgive it what you ordered it to do. In its exaltation, you commanded it to die. For only death could conquer life. And what but insanity could look upon the defeat of God and think it real? The fear of death will go as its appeal is yielded to love's real attraction. The end of sin, which nestles quietly in the safety of your relationship, protected by your union, ready to grow into a mighty force for God, is very near. The infancy of salvation is carefully guarded by love, preserved from every thought that would attack it, and quietly made ready to fulfill the mighty task for which it, is, it was given you. Your newborn purpose is nursed by angels, cherished by the Holy Spirit, and protected by God himself. It needs not your protection. It is yours. For it is deathless, and within it, lies the end of death. What danger can assail the holy innocent? What can attack the guiltless? What fear can enter and disturb the peace of sinlessness? What has been given you, even in its infancy, is in full communication with God and you. In its tiny hands, it holds in perfect safety every miracle you will perform held out to you. The miracle of life is ageless, born in time, but nurtured in, in eternity. Behold this infant to whom you gave a resting place by your forgiveness of each other and see in it the will of God. Here is the babe of Bethlehem reborn, and everyone who gives him shelter will follow him, not to the cross, but to the resurrection and the life. When anything seems to you to be a source of fear, when any situation strikes you with terror and makes your body tremble and the cold sweat of fear comes over it, Remember it is always for one reason. The ego has perceived it as a symbol of fear, a sign of sin and death. Remember then that neither sign nor symbol should be confused with source, for they must stand for something other than themselves. Their meaning cannot lie in them, but must be sought in what they represent. And they may thus mean everything or nothing. Yeah according to the truth or falsity of the idea which they reflect. Confronted with such seeming uncertainty of meaning, judge it not. Remember the holy presence of the one given to you to be the source of judgment. Give it to him to judge for you and say, take this from me and look upon it, judging it for me. Let me not see it as a sign of sin and death, nor use it for destruction. 
Teach me how not to make it an obstacle to peace, but let you use it for me to facilitate its coming. It looks like we lost Regina for a few. You can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like her eye. Look at her eye. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of cool. It's like the, the sun yeah. reflecting on the water. Mm -hmm. That's cool. cool. How do you do that? You have an eclipse in your mind. There you go. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Oh, you know what it is? Because as I say, mine comes up. If you go into your profile, which you have to do through like the web setting, you can, it, that's her profile picture. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, see if I turn my video off. Where's my video? Where's my video? You got the CMC or something on there. I thought I did. Maybe I don't. Well, well CMC came up. Okay, did it? Okay, yeah. on nine, yeah. So yeah, if so, you go into like your profile settings, you could set your profile, but hopefully she makes it back. Okay. Oh, I'm here, she. excuse me, I apologize. I'm still listening, I'm still with you guys, and I'm cracking up. <laughs> I didn't, didn't mean to startle you with my profile picture. Oh, oh I needed to change locations for a hot second. <laughs> oh, so that eye that came up? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. That's cool. That's an awesome picture. Yeah. yeah. We weren't sure if that was an eye or yesterday's eclipse. I know, right? <laughs> the cool thing about living in San Francisco, I was able to see about half of the eclipse without having to have glasses on. Oh, great. Fog, but it was like you could see it through the fog without burning your eyeball out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Incorruptible body. All right. Well. I see that one point struck me where it says, ask not the release of it. But from the merciless and unrelenting orders you laid upon it and forgive it what you ordered it to do. And it's interesting because I, I, I think a lot of people, and I think we, we've kind of split it around the concept a few times um, here of like, you know, it's almost that feeling of like, well, you're enlightened if you're out of the body. Um, and it's saying, you know, don't, don't ask to be released from the body, but you know, it's not like the body's releasing us, it's we're releasing it from what it never was intended to be to start. That we've tried to make it, make it into like a prison, and then we yell, yell, yell. It's like, it's like we yell at the prison bars, don't hold me in, but it's like we're the ones who created it, and we're the ones who locked the door and stuck ourselves in the body. So it just that kind of struck me that, you know, it's because I, I know some people have said, oh, I, I wish I could get out of this body, and it's like, well, that's not the issue. The issue is you've made the body into something it wasn't supposed to be. You know, oftentimes we, we tend to uh, try and project out our own guilt or our own justifications for things. And uh, 
if you go back to the very beginning of that section of the incorruptible body in that first paragraph, it, it says, God who created neither sin nor death wills not that you be bound by them. He knows of neither sin nor its results. And, and that says so much to me. I mean, it just says that I'm doing all of this. And, and God does not see what we're it doesn't see all these things that we're we're doing to ourselves, but that's because that's part of our ability to create, you know, our disillusion. Mm-hmm. So if we want to create anything in this illusion. We're we're going to experience guilt. We're going to experience fears, but it it, it means nothing, and it is nothing. But we're making it everything that we want it to be. And, and yeah, God's going, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. it, it says clearly the only purpose of the body is the communication device. And then it says, you know, words are, not, are an obstacle to communication. So then what does that leave us, you know? <laughs> the body is only a communication device, but you, you can't use words because that's, you know, so it, it's, it kind of leaves you with, you know, very little of what we thought we had at our arsenal of a body, you know? Hmm. I think you hit on a good point there, though, uh, Nathan, because the, the body becomes a communication. You know, we use it as a communication device. And if our, our ego, you know, and if in its infinite wisdom, you know, decides <laughs> that, you know, it wants to, to destroy it, it, it has the ability to do that. <laughs> we can we can destroy ourselves. You know, we can kill this body, uh, but it, it's it's killing one of the it's killing one of the communication devices that, that we created. So and, how, the question the question that would remain me: How does it communicate? I mean, true communication and not ego communication. You know, through words. Well, wait a minute. Now you're you're, you're giving the body something that it's not. It's just communication device, so it doesn't do anything. It's just a dumb piece of meat anyway. So we're using spirit through the body to communicate, but but not through words, because words are twice removed, symbols, all that jazz, okay? So how is what is true communication then? Well, in form, isn't that all we have, our words? I mean... Well, we have our words, but we have we have Holy Spirit to interpret those yes. words, uh, and and that, the communication actually occurs between between our our true mind and our and and Holy Spirit. Uh, the the ego is just full of all kinds of conceptions, preceptions, and 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 confusion, and uh, and Spirit can help us to straighten that out. But we have to allow spirit to do that. Uh, we we keep thinking that we can do this, and we can. Uh, okay, how, how about this then? With words, okay, ideas leave not their source. So anytime I'm communicating, I'm communicating from a source. It's either Holy Spirit or it's ego, and that's what's being transmitted. Is, is that source basis. And you're, and everyone in the world will receive it on the same level that it was transmitted. It's either BS of the ego or HS of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? 
Does that make sense? Doesn't seem like Could you state it another way? <laughs> With words? <laughs> okay. Yeah, why not? Let's give it another shot. <laughs> yeah, it's just frequency. It's just frequency. Yeah. It's just you're communicating really with frequency, and they, they, it's like the tone of my voice is communicating more than the words are because it's the tonal that, that transcends the, the limiting box of a, uh, of a word. So if I'm, I'm communicating illusions or I'm communicating love, I mean, it, you're a tra- it's a communication, a communication device. It's like an antenna. It's receiving and transmitting. Transmitting, and it's just trying. Anybody there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm here as well, and I stopped moving around. I lost. Um, I lost energy in my wall socket and had to change locations. Okay. I apologize for uh, that if I distracted anybody. But yeah, turn your video, and, turn your video back on because I turned your video off actually. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Okay. Let's see. So now it's it says it's it says it's this. Oh, oh, there we go. Okay. Um, What I what I'm getting, what you're what you're sharing, Nathan, is that uh, which I truly believe. So lost your signal completely. No, you're there. We can still see. You look like a light. We're seeing true with true vision, finally. Finally, holy. <laughs> the great rays are coming through. Yeah, I'm like, did we lose our game? <laughs> are you there? Did we lose you? I think she froze up. Okay. Speak to us from the great beyond. Who's <laughs> from the light? The <laughs> light. <laughs> <laughs> at some point let's do this let's um let's actually do our 10 minute break now um so we have four more sections but i i kind of hate that you know that it's that fourth obstacle and it's split into two halves so i kind of hate to split it up over um oh yeah we probably lost regina um i hate to split it right in the middle of a break so let's do the 10 minute break and then um, when we get back, we can do our last four sections. So, right. Hi, Lily. Hi, there. Hi, Lily. Hey, break. <laughs> yeah, we're actually going to take a 10-minute break. So you can go take get coffee, whatever you need. But we'll be back at, I guess, for you guys, for everybody except for me. Well, no, actually, for Regina, it'll be 11, 12.04. My Texas, Texans in Mexico will be 11.04. It's in the now down here, yeah. <laughs> and I'll be 9.04. It's, so it's 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Right. 10 minutes. See you. I watch my dog. He's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Too precious. Oh, gee. Maybe I'll be able to cure my technological difficulties. Anyway. Yeah, I've, I've had it. I've had it the last two weeks. Uh, I don't know. 
in a little beach cottage uh, here right on the on the ocean bay and it just seems like and I know that all the the uh, electrical service was um, put in brand new but it seems to be a quirk in there every now and then all those physical waves out there interfering I kind of think so maybe I'm I'm too energized after the eclipse that's, yesterday, that's right? not it. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your break. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not charging up at all. Uh, you want to charge? You want to charge it for charging? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can see my batteries. I can put my batteries on. Down there. Mm -hmm. Two seconds. Up straight. Up straight. Up straight. <laughs>
Hello, hello. Hi. So I I heard you got grandbabies down there with you? I do. I do. Yeah. It's God's gift of love. That's <laughs> they're my best teachers. They really are. Hmm. Oh yeah. How old? Eight months and almost uh four years. In two weeks it'll be four years. Yeah. Got it. So you have a child there also, like a son or a daughter or yeah, I got a son and uh, a daughter-in-law, and uh, the, uh, the my well, the I guess you'd say my son's mother, which was my ex-wife. She's here too. Got it. She traveled with him too, so we've got a lot of got a lot of healing going on. I was just gonna say that's an yeah. interesting one. <laughs> yes. Uh, full plate. Full plate. <laughs> that's awesome do you see your ex very often well i haven't until this year this year has been quite a year of change and reorientation and uh these little kids have changed my trajectory of life completely so i'll be spending more time in texas than mexico uh for the next i don't know well i don't know anything i just know i'm coming back up there in a couple of weeks i think so wonderful wow yeah. The healing. I mean, there's nothing better. Just, oh, it's the best. It's wonderful. What, what I see with these kids is grandkids in the face of unconditional love, all my illusions just dissolve. They just, they just dissolve into nothing. And uh, that's really weird. It's just really weird. So beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's always interesting where your where your lessons come from. I'll say the one, probably one of those, and I remember, I remember it so distinctly, that moment where I realized, like, I could be loved even if I screwed up, which was my dog. <laughs> you know, and I came home, I had just gotten her a couple, like, maybe a month before, and I felt so guilty. I was coming home late at night. She'd been by herself for, like, 12 hours. Feared she was probably in pain having to pee. And I walked in the door and she just jumped up and down and ran over and started licking me. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. 
Hmm. I think you do. I mean, you learn so much from children, but you learn a lot from animals. You really do. Yeah. See, I have no children. She's the closest I got. So. Yep. Oh. Regina, you're in a new place. I know Regina's like roaming around. <laughs> her volume is off. Okay, where, where the X is across her volume, does that mean? There we go. Regina, are you in the pantry now? I'm actually in in the tiny kitchen. Okay, <laughs> my place of refuge. <laughs> of course, I was I was like trying to see. I'm like, well, there's baking soda, but I couldn't tell what else behind you. Oh, let's see. I love it. That's uh, funny. There's, there's like still cut oatmeal. There's old fashioned oats. There's um, club cheese bites. Have some, and there. There's a gangling of tea. Oh, okay, an assortment of teas. Okay, that's great. Let's get going, Jack. You're up on the fourth obstacle: the fear of God. Oh, the fourth obstacle. Uh, oh. Okay, I'm up. Huh? <laughs> Unless you like choose not to be, <laughs> then I would ask you to choose again. So, so I'm, I'm, I've got it anyway, right? <laughs> the fourth obstacle: the fear of God. What would you see without the fear of death? What will you feel and think if death held no attraction for you? <clears throat> Very simply, you would remember your father. The creator of life, the source of everything that lives, the father of the universe and of the universe of universes and of everything that lies even beyond them, would you remember? And as this memory rises in your mind, peace must still surmount a final obstacle after which is salvation completed and the Son of God entirely restored to sanity. For here, your world does end. The fourth obstacle to be surmounted hangs like a heavy veil before the face of, face of Christ. Yet as his face rises beyond it, shining with joy because he is in his Father's love, peace will lightly brush the veil aside and run to meet him and to join with him at last. For this dark veil, which seems to make the face of Christ himself like to a leper's, and the bright rays of his Father's love, which light his face with glory, appear as streams of blood, fades in the blazing light beyond it when the fear of death is gone. Kelly, can you go to the next person, please? I've lost uh, transmission on the uh, Kindle. Oh, no. Yeah, no problem. This is the darkest veil upheld by the belief in death and protected by its attraction. The dedication to death and to its sovereignty is but the solemn vow, the promise made in secret to the ego never to lift the veil, not to approach it, nor even to suspect that it is there. This uh, is a secret bargain made with the ego to keep what lies beyond the veil forever blotted out and unremembered. Here is your promise never to allow union to call you out of separation, the great amnesia in which the memory of God seems quite forgotten. Leave of yourself, 
from you, the fear of God, the final step in your dissociation. See how the belief in death would seem to save you? For if this is gone, what can you fear but life? It is the attraction of death that makes life seem to be ugly, cruel, and tyrannical. You are no more afraid of death than of the ego. These are your chosen friends. For in your secret alliance with them, you have agreed never to let the fear of God be lifted, so you could look upon the face of Christ and join him in his Father. Every obstacle that peace must flow across is surmounted in just the same way. The fear that raised its yields to the love beneath, and so the fear is gone. And so it is with this. The desire to get rid of peace and drive the Holy Spirit from you fades in the presence of the quiet recognition that you love Him. The exaltation of the body is given up in favor of the Spirit which you love as you could never love the body. And the appeal of death is lost forever as love's attraction stirs and calls to you. From beyond each of the obstacles to love, love itself has called and each has been surmounted by the power of the attraction of what lies beyond. Your wanting fear seemed to be holding them in place. Yet when you heard the voice of love beyond them, you answered, and they disappeared. And now you stand in terror before what you swore never to look upon. Your eyes look down, remembering your promise to your friends, the loveliness of sin, the delicate appeal of guilt, the holy Watson image of death, and the fear of vengeance of the ego you swore in blood not to desert. All rise and bid you not to raise your eyes. But you realize that if you look on this and let the veil be lifted, they will be gone forever. All of your friends, your protectors, and your home will vanish. Nothing that you remember now will you remember. Still no transmission. I can't get reception. Uh, the internet's going in and out. Oh, no. Okay, well, then just listen and share with us. Thank you. Go ahead, Susan. It seems to you the world will utterly abandon you. You but raise your eyes. Yet all that will occur is you will leave the world forever. This is the reestablishment of your will. Look upon it open-eyed, and you will never more believe that you are at the mercy of things beyond you. Forces you cannot control, and thoughts that come to you against your will. It is your will to look on this. No mad desire, no trivial impulse to forget again. No stab of fear, nor the cold sweat of seeming death can stand against your will. For what attracts you from beyond the veil is so deep within you, unseparated from it, and completely one. <sighs> well, it looks so simple. It's like, I mean, it's one part is the desire to get rid of peace and drive the Holy Spirit from you just fades. In the presence of the quiet recognition that you love him. It's like, why can't I just recognize that? And <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, but I, I think part of it is what he's saying back up here in paragraph 95, you know, about this, this thing about we've, we've made this bond or we've made this dedication uh, 
and and we we made it with our friends, our family, and everybody around us, and you know, to to protect this ego, and we're we're just so unwilling to give it up. And and I mean, I think about it, and I think about you know, conversing with my friends about the Course in Miracles. Oftentimes, it used to anyway, uh, lead me to the fear that I would be rejected. And uh, and now, as I as I've learned so much more through the through the years with the course, uh, my friends have a have the same misunderstandings and, and misinterpretations that I had. And as I'm beginning to see those, and, and those are being corrected through the Holy Spirit for me, uh, I'm able to share on a whole new level, on a whole different level. And I don't have that. I don't carry that fear of sharing with my friends anymore. Uh, but until I reached, you know, until I got to this point, it was very difficult because I was afraid I was going to lose their friendship or I was going to lose their affection or, you know, lose the attraction of the friendship. And, uh, and I, I didn't realize how much I was protecting the ego, you know, that I carried around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's saying be willing to, yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, it's like I said through the whole course here, you know, lean on the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit. If you just don't understand what's going on, just don't do anything. Just allow, allow Holy Spirit to bring, bring that awareness back to you uh, because it's there. We haven't lost it. We can't ever lose it. It's just, just a matter of being willing to allow it to come forth. And not be afraid of, of uh, the consequences of of holding on to the ego, so to speak. <laughs> okay. Say something. I thought. Are you I'd doing the dishes now or what? <laughs> oh my goodness! No, the flower vase fell over. That was propping up the tablet. You know, I I don't know. You guys, maybe I'm just not meant to be here today. I don't know what is going on. Well, you're bringing us a great deal of entertainment, so. Oh, gosh, I cannot believe it. Okay, trust me, I am not normally discompopulated like this. Okay. That's okay. Well, I'll say that the location actually is the best you've been at in yeah. terms of lighting and all. So. <laughs> yeah, so this, the skylight in the kitchen, it gives great lighting, okay? I can say that much. But as far as the other electronics, I don't know what's going on. I've never had that experience, but at any rate, forgive me. I, I chime in with Jack, okay? I think that it's um, our egotistically led um, thoughts, okay, of the fear of, of non-acceptance, okay, non, not fitting in, okay, uh, wanting to be uh, a part uh, of everyone because we have attached that sentiment of love, okay, or the emotion of love, you know, and, and that camaraderie. You know, we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be, you know, shut off by any means whatsoever. But at some point or another, we have to let go and allow the Holy Spirit to do its job, protect us, okay, guide us, um, give us that, that comfort, um, that we so desire from man, 
okay? We have to recognize that that connectivity that we have is indivisible, all right? Man, because of their attitudes and their behaviors, will so often um, give us that freeway to disconnect, okay, from, you know, disconnect, I, I guess, in a sense of, uh, of human perception that we are separate from the Holy Spirit. Well, we're not, okay? Everything will fall into place if you just let it be. Be still and know that I am God, <laughs> point blank, okay? That, that's it, okay? All else will fall into place. You don't have to curse about it. You don't have to get upset about it. You know, release yourself from the, the human ego and let spirit be. Yeah. That's my sermon. I'm through. Okay. <laughs> I was like, we, finish now. we all got enlightened from that one. <laughs> yeah. Join us next Sunday. Join next Well, let's move on to the lifting of the veil. And I think I have no clue who read last. I don't either. Um, Nathan. I did. Nathan, okay. Susan. <laughs> All right. Are we going to skip you, Regina? Yeah. We're yeah. Gonna I, I can't get back online on my phone to get to, to pull up the, um, oh, I pull see. up the text. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <clears throat> For forget not that you came this far together and it was surely not the ego that led you here. No obstacle, obstacle to peace can be surmounted through its help. It does not open up secrets and bid you look upon them and go beyond them. It would not have you see its weakness and learn it has no power to keep the truth. The guide who brought you here remains with you. And when you raise your eyes, you will be ready to look on terror with no fear at all. But first, lift up your eyes and look upon each other in innocence, born of complete forgiveness of each other's illusions and through the eyes of faith, which sees them not. No one can look upon the fear of God unterrified unless he has accepted the atonement and learned illusions are not real. No one can stand before this obstacle alone, for he could not have reached thus far unless his brother walked beside him. And no one would dare to look on it without complete forgiveness of his brother in his heart. Stand you here a while and tremble not. You will be ready. Let us join together in a holy instant here in this place where the purpose given is a given in a holy instant has led you. And let us join in faith that he who brought us here together will offer you the innocence you need and that you will accept it for my love and his. Nor is it possible to look on this too soon. This is the place to which everyone must come when he is ready. Once he has found his brother, he is ready. Yet merely to reach the place is not enough. A journey without a purpose is still meaningless, and even when it is over, it seems to make no sense. How can you know that it is over unless you realize its purpose is accomplished? Here, with the journeys in before you, you see its purpose, and it is here you choose whether to look upon it or wander on, only to return 
and make the choice again. To look upon the fear of God does need some preparation. Only the same can look on stark insanity and raving madness with pity and compassion, but not with fear. For only if they share in it does it seem fearful. And you do share in it until you look upon each other with perfect faith and love and tenderness. Before complete forgiveness, you still stand unforgiving. You're afraid of God because you fear each other. Those you do not forgive, you fear. And no one reaches love with fear beside him. This brother who stands beside you still seems to be a stranger. You do not know him, and your interpretation of him is very fearful. And you attack him still to keep what seems to be yourself unharmed. Yet in his hands is your salvation. You see his madness, but you hate because you share it. And all the pity and forgiveness that would heal it away gives to fear. That would heal it yeah, gives way to fear. Brothers, you need forgiveness of each other. For you will share in madness or in heaven together, and you will raise your eyes in faith together, or not at all. Beside each of you is one who offers you the chalice of atonement, for the Holy Spirit is in him. Would you hold his sins against him or accept his gift to you? Is this giver of salvation your friend or enemy? Choose which he is, remembering that you will receive of him according to your choice. He has in him the power to forgive your sins as you for him. Neither can give it to himself alone. And yet your Savior stands beside each one. Let him be what he is and seek not to make of love an enemy. Behold your friend, the Christ who stands beside you. How holy and how beautiful he is. You thought... He sinned because you cast the veil of sin upon him to hide his loveliness. Yet still he holds forgiveness out to you to share his holiness. This enemy, this stranger, still offers you salvation as his friend. The enemies of Christ, the worshipers of sin, know not whom they attack. This is your brother, crucified by sin and waiting for release from pain. Would you not offer him forgiveness when only he can offer it to you? For his redemption, he will give you yours as surely as God created every living thing and loves it. And he will give it truly, for it will be brought, offered, and received. It will be both offered and received. There is no grace of heaven that you cannot offer to each other and receive from your most holy friend. Let him withhold it not, for by receiving it, you offer it to him. For he will receive of you what you receive of him. Redemption has been given you to give each other and thus receive it. Whom you forgive is free, and what you give you share. Forgive the sins your brother thinks he has committed, and all the guilt you think you see in him. Susan, the holy place of resurrection to which we come again, to which we will return until redemption is accomplished and received. Think who your brother is before you would condemn him, and offer thanks to God that he is holy and has been given this the gift of holiness for you. Join him in gladness and remove all trace of guilt from his disturbed and tortured mind. Help him to lift the heavy burden of sin you laid upon him, 
and he accepted as his own and toss it lightly and with happy laughter away from him. Press it not like horns against his brow, nor nail him to it redeemed, unredeemed and hopeless. Give each other faith, for faith and hope and mercy are yours to give. Into the hands that give, the gift is given. Oh. Look at your brother and see in him the gift of God you would receive. It is almost Easter, the time of resurrection. Let us give redemption to each other and share in it that we may rise as one in resurrection and not separate in death. Behold the gift of freedom that I gave the Holy Spirit for both of you. And be you free together as you offer the Holy Spirit, or sorry, as you offer to the Holy Spirit this same gift. And giving it, receive it of him in return for what you gave. He leadeth you and me together that we might hear in this holy place and make the same decision. Free your brother here as I freed you. Give him the self-same gift, nor look upon him with condemnation of any kind. See him as guiltless as I look on you, and overlook the sins he thinks he sees within himself. Offer each other freedom and complete release from sin here in the garden of seeming agony and death. So will, so will we prepare to give the way unto the resurrection of God's Son and let him rise again the glad remembrance of his Father, who knows no sin, no death, but only life eternal. Together we will disappear into the presence beyond the veil, not to be lost, but found, not to be seen, but known. And knowing nothing in the plan God has established for salvation will be left in his And knowing nothing in the plan God has established for salvation will be left undone. This is the journey's purpose for that which is the journey meaningless. Here is the peace of God given to you eternally by him. Here is the rest and quiet that you seek. The reason for the journey from the beginning. Heaven is the gift you owe each other, the debt of gratitude you offer to the Son of God, and thanks for what he is and what his Father created him to be. Think carefully how you would look upon the giver of this gift. For as you look on him, so will the gift itself appear to be. As he is seen as neither the giver of guilt or of salvation, so will his offering and pain. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So, so will his offering be seen and so received. The crucified give pain because they are in pain. But the redeemed give joy because they have been healed of pain. Everyone gives as he receives, but he must choose what will be and he must choose what it will be that he receives. And he will recognize his choice by what he gives and what is given him. Nor is it anything given in hell or heaven to interfere with his decision. You came this far because the journey was your choice. And no one undertakes to do what he believes is meaningless. What you had faith in still is faithful and watches over you in faith so gentle yet so strong that it would lift you far beyond the veil and place the Son of God safely 
within the sure protection of his father. Here is the only purpose that gives this world and the long journey through this world whatever meaning lies in them. Beyond this, they are meaningless. You stand together still without conviction. They have a purpose. Yet it is given you to see this purpose in your holy friend and recognize it as your own. Yeah, I think for me, there was two themes that kind of kept coming up um, in this, or at least in my mind, they kept coming up. Um, is one is, you know, just definitely our choice and how we perceive it. You know, it says, think carefully how you look upon the giver of the gift, for as you look on them, so will the gift appear. And then, you know, before that, it said, choose which he is, being friend or friend, enemy, remembering that you will receive him according to your choice. So it seems to me that that theme kind of carried throughout that we're really, you know, how we interact with our brothers and how we experience our brothers and sisters and siblings is, um, it's a matter of choice. They can be our saviors or they can be our enemies. Um, and it's depending on our choice. But then the other part that goes into that is the, um, and now I'm like, I, I swore I saw it now. Of course, I'm not seeing it. Um, but the idea of like, you know, what we give or what we believe is what we receive. So if, if we're seeing our brother as, you know, an enemy, then we're going to experience, you know, eneminess or attack in our lives. And so it's, it's like we make this choice, but then once the choice is made, it's almost like a cycle of, you know, we just keep going back to whatever we chose over and over unless we, you know, are willing what you talked about today is willing to, you know, give it up to Holy Spirit and willing to get it, willing to choose again, because otherwise we're just going to keep getting the same stuff back that we keep bumping out on everybody. And I think that giving and receiving, it says somewhere in the course too that the law of love, which was interesting, uh, very succinct, that my gift to my brother is my gift to me. It was how I see myself, something like that. And so it's saying the same thing you're saying that whatever I give out is I, the, the cost of giving is receiving, in other words. That's the, you know, we think we can give something away, but you can't. You know, that's, a, that's part of the illusion. It's, it's, yeah. it's you. You know, one, one of the things that comes to my mind reading this and what it stirred up in me again was... Um, we're all one. Mm -hmm. We are of the oneness, okay? And the oneness of this illusion, of this, all this deception, is part of all of us. And so there's nothing that our brother experiences that we can't or don't or at least are aware of. So um, when whenever we are looking at our brother and we see something that is as as we become more sensitive to it, we start recognizing how much we do judge, and and so when we see judgment, we're basically deciding not to see the Christ within them, and we can practice seeing the Christ within them by not judging them, and 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 so as as we see them, as we get as we make these judgments and we become more aware of them. We can, we can begin to realize that that is a part of all of us, and that is within all of us because it's part of this oneness of this illusion. And we can, we can either 
share with that person or in our in our mind we can think about the things that that the holy spirit has shared with us to resolve those things whether it be fears or guilts or things like that that we see in others we can go through the process of of forgiving that within ourselves because that's a part of us and as we do that we actually give to the wholeness or the oneness and what the Holy Spirit does with it with that other person is is totally between the Holy Spirit and that other person but you're sharing and your your willingness to to see the truth of what you're judging okay will add to the awakening of the spirit I don't know how much that makes sense to you but I have experienced that and it and it just it's so refreshing it's so enlightening it's it's so freeing to realize that I can look on a person now and and just just see the Christ in them don't don't see the judgment I'm not saying I don't, don't still do it because I do you know all the time I still do it but I'm aware of what I'm doing mm-hmm. now. And now I'm aware that I'm sharing whatever I'm sharing. I'm sharing with the oneness of the whole illusion. And so I can either think in sharing of its correction, or I can share in the contribution of its conflict and confusion. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. And on, on that paragraph 106, I think the first sentence kind of sums up what you're saying. It says, Give each other faith for faith and hope and mercy are yours to give. So that's, you know, because it's almost impossible not to judge, but beyond that is the faith and hope and mercy beyond the appearances of this duality here. And that's what we're trying to ground ourselves into that truth of that oneness instead of the, the illusions that we have taken as truth. Gina, you got any thoughts on this section? I do. Uh, A few schools of thought come to mind. Um, One, um, the law of reciprocity. You know, what you you give is what you receive. Um, Two, the consciousness to be uh, in a higher vibration. If you see someone or a situation um, that appears, that has all the outward appearance, okay, that um, it's not where you want to be a willing participant. You know, you don't want to be, you know, a part of the party, okay? You have a responsibility to them to be an observer, to sow a seed, of well-being, of wholeness, not separate yourself from that person, but from the activity, the behavior, okay? But still you want to sow the goodness for their growth. Doesn't mean that you have to, I've I've always been taught and I believe that it's my responsibility, okay, Um, in regards to my agreement with accepting God, okay, the way that I understand God to be, to sow the seed, not necessarily nurture the plant, okay, (laughs) and move on. Yeah, you know, um, also to be an observer of the activity, recognize that I want the highest good for all of us, okay? 
whether that's from a judgment or from spiritual growth or uh, the recognition that there is a greater joy in our life experiences. Okay. It's not from, for me personally, it's not from a judgmental. I don't, I don't want to say that it's a, um, uh, an ego led judgment, but I, it's my heart's desire to want everyone to live their fullness. Okay. They have to accept that. I, I can't make them do that. Okay. And it took a long, long, long time, a lot of experiences, a lot of heartache to say, you have to let go and you have to, you have to get out of God's way. Quit hindering their blessing. Let them walk their own path. Let them travel their own journey. Know that there is a greater good for them and pray and believe that they will, they will embrace it. You know, that, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. But it takes a lot. Um, a lot of growing in order to get to that place. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're in a situation where, um, or you're in an environment like it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel easy, you know, and it's like, mm, we're not vibing on the same plane. Okay. I got to move on. Okay. doesn't mean that I'm, I'm sitting high and looking low. I just recognize that that's not for the highest good of me. And I choose to grow higher. The only thing I really, 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 really want to do is drop a note of love. Okay. And hope that they will, they will really embrace it and, and be imbued by it. Let the Holy spirit work. My name is Regina, not God. That's nice, Regina. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's a, I forgot exactly how it was worded, but I think Marianne Williams had said, you know, forgiveness doesn't mean you have to have them over for coffee. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. I'm always, you know, I've, I've shared here before, you know, I'm in that situation with my sister. I'm like, I love my sister. I feel like I've forgiven mm -hmm. my sister. And I have no desire to try to reinstate contact with my sister. <laughs> so, and I, I feel like that's what I've been led to do. And I know some people have disagreed with that decision, but I'm like, I just... It doesn't feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not good for me. Right. Been there, done that. I believe me, with my <laughs> sister, one of them anyway. You know, been there, done that. Okay. But you have to move on because if you don't, you don't have a, um, you lose sense of self. Okay, and purpose. <coughs> Bless you. <laughs> you know, you do. You lose your way. Okay, and when you lose your way. Are you truly living your your purpose? Because you've given you've given your energy over to something or someone else. You know, not that you want any hurt, harm, or danger to come to them, but you certainly want them, you know, to enjoy. Enjoy being, you know. Enjoy sharing, enjoy enjoy um that oneness. You know, sorry. Yeah, I was talking about, and I forgive that. <laughs> I did um, talk yesterday on my, on my, I do a thing on the internet where it's a, almost like a radio show, but it's internet based. And um, it just what you're saying reminds me of that because I was talking about, you know, that so often we'll say like, oh, well, I need to be friends with this person, or I need to do this for the person, or whatever. And it's like we start making it where they're more worthy than we are. 
Like they're more of a child of God and they deserve better than us. And we try to sacrifice ourselves. And it's like, that's somewhere in there of loving and giving and forgiving. It's like, we can't degrade ourselves in the process. I think it's another way called people pleasing. You know, we have attraction to people pleasing that is insane. We see the world as insane. Oh, if I don't agree with this insanity, then I'm not accepted. And oh, I'll be alone. Oh, you know, it's just insane. You know, and so we we do things that are out of alignment with who we are, just because insanity. Or we feel guilty about who we are. You know, I, I um was talking to my therapist a couple of times about this is, you know, I've had this thought like, you know, well, you know, people don't like me because, you know, and I have my whole little story going. And then my therapist was like, you realize they don't like you because they're screwed up and you're not. And I was like, Oh, you know, and I was trying to change all these things. Cause I didn't feel like I was being accepted. And he was like, you've healed yeah. this stuff. Yeah, if we don't, if you don't subscribe to somebody's belief system, they take it as an attack. Mm -hmm. um, you got any thoughts, Susan? I'm sure you have thoughts. You have beautiful, wonderful thoughts. Some thoughts. The sentence that I loved was in one, uh, paragraph 100. Those you do not forgive, you fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's That's right. There's not much more I can say on that one. You know, it's like, that is just huge. You have to constantly remember that. Yeah. I love that. The deep, deep within that is, is just a, a great deal of judgment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's often, that's oftentimes very difficult, very, very painful to, to let go of because uh, sometimes we, we want to use it as a barrier for ourselves, you know, our judgments as a barrier. And uh, the whole idea of the course is to, to bring us to a point where we can let go of our judgments to start breaking down our barriers. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's like you, you guys now were talking earlier about, you know, the sister thing and, uh, you know, it's 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 all well and fine if if uh, if we don't see uh, somebody that we think is just not really there for our best interest or something like that. But that in that in itself is a judgment. But at the same time, uh, it, you know, we can justify that however we want to. But what we don't want to do is close ourselves off to any opportunities that may present themselves in the future. Okay. Uh, because guess what? We're one. We're never, ever going to avoid coming together. It'll happen. It's just we can we can delay it. We can stand in the way of it. But it'll happen. It's up to you how long you want to make it happen. You know, you want it to take. So. For whatever that's worth. I can clearly see what you're saying, Jack. And I, I'm in agreement 98% with you, if it has to be <laughs> quantified, okay? Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I truly can. Um, I also know that in the midst, going back to the original uh, topic of pleasure and pain, 
how much are we willing to really invest in, you know, not experiencing it, okay? And maybe that 2% that, you know, I've kind of gleaned off to the side says that I need to start with the in the forgiving process with myself, forgiving myself for how I'm feeling, why I'm allowing those types of feelings to, um, to keep me um, bridled, you know, um, why am I putting up that protective barrier? Okay, because, you know, I don't want to experience that pain, but there again, we come back to judgment, okay? So who, what are we really judging? Are we judging the other person or are we judging ourselves, okay? For feeling that way that if I don't deal with this, okay, then I won't, ex I won't have the, the fearful experience of, of pain, okay? You well, you don't have, you, and you don't have to seek out pain, okay? It's one of those, one of those nice things about the Holy Spirit is that Holy Spirit works with all of us in a way that we, we all need it just for our own best interest. And we don't have to seek it out. If, if the opportunity, Jesus and Holy Spirit work together. Mm -hmm. And we have to realize that, that Jesus, uh, Jesus is in touch with all of us, whether we realize it or not. Yeah. Jesus mm -hmm. is there mm -hmm. and Jesus is conversing with the Holy Spirit and saying, hey, this person is ready to handle this now. Mm -hmm. And... And Holy Spirit goes to work, gives us, okay, well, we're going to bring some truth to this person and, and see how they handle it and see if, they're, see if they're willing to accept it now. And sometimes we are and sometimes we're not. But let Holy Spirit do it. You don't have to take it upon yourself to, to, to be judge and jury and, and, and make all the decisions because Holy Spirit is there for us. I like to that. <laughs> well, I like judge and jury. An executioner and everything. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> How's that feel, by the way? <laughs> Does that feel pretty good at times? <laughs> Great at times, doesn't it? <laughs> well, let's move on. We've got two sections, but one section is a whole whopping one paragraph. So, yeah, let's see. Is my, my reading. Yeah, I'm not sure where we're at. I'll just read it because it's one paragraph only, so I'll just read it. Well, it says, isn't it, isn't it the Holy Week also? Well, eventually, but we've got the introduction first. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's got some good material in it, so I want to pause. It's very limited anyway. It's only about three or four paragraphs. Yeah. So, introduction. Woohoo! The promise of resurrection. This sounds much more happy than the last one of gloom and everybody in black and going to... <laughs> This is Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory and the acceptance of the truth. Let us not spend this Holy Week brooding on the crucifixion of God's Son, but happily in the celebration of His release. For Easter is the sign of peace, not pain. A sl slain Christ has no meaning. But a risen Christ becomes the symbol of the Son of God's forgiveness of himself. The sign he looks upon himself as healed and whole. Mm -hmm. I like that paragraph. That sounds like we're going to just talk about that one paragraph for a minute. Did you want to read it again? <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's just interesting because it's like, you know, I mean, if you think about Easter, it's like 98% of Easter focuses on the crucifixion in, in the Christian churches, usually. It's, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, Jesus rose, but like the whole week before that's when Jesus went, got, 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 you know, mobbed and Jesus got thorned and, you know, thorns on his head and Jesus got stoned and Jesus got da da da. And then he got crucified, and then it was all the blood dripping, and the da-da-da. Oh, and by the way, he rose after three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> interesting. Well, he's just basically like, throw that whole thing out. Like The interesting part about why is it that the churches have focused on only that part, you know, the guilt and, and the pain and suffering and the body identification, you know, because... That's the that's the glue that keeps this whole illusion together. Mm -hmm. You know, you know if, if the church really had gone to the other one, there wouldn't be any need for churches anymore. You know, that's that's their self, that's their survival instinct. Yeah. Well, well I never thought about that before, Kelly. That's a good point. I, I like what you said, Nathan. That was good. One paragraph. That was good. One paragraph. So, Jack, go ahead and we'll. We'll wrap up. we got three paragraphs on the Holy Week. Okay. This week begins with palms and ends with lilies. The white and the holy sign, the Son of God is innocent. Let no dark sign of crucifixion intervene between the journey and its purpose, between the acceptance of the truth and its expression. This week we celebrate life, not death. And we honor the perfect purity of the Son of God and not his sins. Offer each other the gift of lilies, not the crown of thorns, the gift of love, not the gift of fear. You stand beside each other, thorns in one hand and lilies in the others, uncertain which to give. Join now with me and throw away the thorns, offering the lilies to replace them. This Easter... I would give the gift of your forgiveness offered by you to me and returned by me to you. We cannot be united in crucifixion and in death, nor can the resurrection be complete till your forgiveness rests on Christ along with mine. A week is short, and yet this holy week is the symbol of the whole journey the Son of God has undertaken. He started with the sign of victory, the promise of the resurrection already given him. Let him not wander into the temptation of crucifixion and delay him there. Help him to go in peace beyond it with the light of his own innocence, lighting his way to his redemption and release. Hold him not back with thorns and nails when his redemption is so near. But let the whiteness of your shining gift of lilies speed him on his way to resurrection. Easter is not the celebration of the cost of sin, but of its end. If you see the glimpses of the face of Christ behind the veil looking between the snow-white petals of the lilies you have received and given as your gift, you will behold each other's face and recognize it. I was a stranger and you took me in, not knowing who I was. Yet for the gift of lilies, you will know. In your forgiveness of this stranger, alien to you and yet your ancient friend, by his release and your redemption with him. Time of Easter is a time of joy and not of mourning. Look on your risen friend and celebrate his holiness along with me. For Easter is the time of your salvation along with mine. Hmm. 
You know, I actually used that paragraph one in my talk last Sunday, not this previous Sunday, but the 13th of, of August, because it was my birthday talk. I got, I always get stuck speaking the Sunday before my birthday. Um, and it was interesting as I was, I was kind of like trying to see, you know, did, did ACIM say anything about birthdays? It doesn't say really, it talks about birth, but not birthdays. And I found a Course in Miracles teacher who actually speaks at our conference, who talked about how he really didn't feel the celebration of birthdays was appropriate as an ACIM student, because it was about ego and going towards death and limitation on time and making yourself special. And I was like, yes, I like my birthday. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm having my birthday. But it was interesting because I actually took this passage and used it and applied it to, um, paragraph two, applied it to birthdays. And I talked about, you know, this week we celebrate life, not death. Um, you know, let no dark sign of crucifixion. Uh, I, I said, let no dark sign of aging intervene between the journey and its purpose. And so I talked about, you know, how everything we do and everything we say, it's a matter of how we approach it. If you want to say birthdays and Easter in this case is about death and crucifixion and aging, then yeah, that's going into ego. That's, you know, transfixing on what's not real. If you can say it's a celebration of life, it's a celebration of the son of God, it's a celebration of the work of the Holy Spirit, then gosh darn it, let us eat cake. <laughs> I agree with you, but I also really liked what he had to say. I never thought of it in those terms, and that was very interesting. It's interesting, but then I rejected it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love birthdays too. <laughs> it's a time to be moon, right? <laughs> time to what? To be mooned. <laughs> Nobody mooned me on my birthday recently. Uh, I haven't had that one. I don't know where you're having your birthday parties. Well, wait a minute. Now, that Kelly, you brought that up last week. Moon. Did I? Wasn't when, when it you that brought that up about the Artemis, the Greek god of Artemis? Oh, yeah, the moon. I'm thinking you mean mooning is in like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Given a cake. Come on. <laughs> yeah, celebration. The round cake was so Regina's caught up on this. The the history is, is that the, the round cake is supposed to honor the god Artemis, who is uh -huh. the god of the moon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's where the round cake came in. And mm -hmm. the candle? And the candles are the reflection of the moon. There we go. Yeah. I and so I'll, I'll put in a nutshell the birthday celebration is really the celebration of your solo return, how you have evolved around. <laughs> in gratitude. Hey, I'm here. I made it. I didn't get stuck on Mars. <laughs> Again. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Got a new year to celebrate. <laughs> I love this group. Thank you guys. And be a being. <laughs> I have a thought, Regina. Yes, ma'am. And I hope you don't be resistant. Um, <laughs> the pocket edition uh -huh. is the text only. Okay. Um, I would like to send that to you as a gift to you, um, because I think it's amazing what you're doing there. And I, I know a little of your situation there. 
-hmm. and it might be easier for you than the Kindle. Thank you so much. I was just, I also was thinking, hey, I have split screen on here. In some kind of way, I went off um, video a moment ago, and guess what popped up? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the, yeah, the text popped up, and I said, you know, the Kindle came up, and it's like, hmm, now how do I get back to that? But yes, please, and thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and I... I totally apologize for all the distractions, but I don't think everybody around here is on the same page. Okay, mom needs some quality time. Okay. <laughs> you want to show hello? You want to hold on for a moment, Regina, or would you rather not? Sure. Sure. No, no, no. I have no problem with that. Okay. So June twenty-first of last year. Okay, I'm in Georgia. Uh, I get a call from my daughter and uh, my oldest daughter. Okay. Um, the last person you saw, you know, coming through here that says, Mom, I need you. Come, please come now. What's going on? She's been hit by a car. What's really going on? You know, my granddaughter, who you saw in, in the orange, you know, traipsing through, she says, Grandma, uh, Mom has cancer and it's bad. So, okay, two days later, I'm here in New Jersey as her care provider, you know, trying to help my granddaughter have some semblance of a quality of life, take her mind off of being worried about her mom, okay, with that death thing, okay, um, and in trying to encourage my daughter to, to recognize that the body may be challenged, but if we can change the mindset, then we can restore the body okay and it doesn't always have to be all about you know the outside chemicals and all of this that and the other but that was her air familiarity and she went that route 25 treatments of chemo and radiation later and um surgery she had a whipple procedure which took out part of the pancreas the head of the pancreas part of the small intestine the gallbladder uh, 10 lymph nodes, okay, and 14, 14 hospital stays. Here we are. Wow. It's a mind thing. Not to say that the body does not react to what the, the mind conceptualizes. It's been a roller coaster. So that's where we are, okay? So now she's up. She's able to walk around, you know, pretty well for herself from all the surgeries and, and what have you. And I'm so grateful. I'm reaching out to you guys because I need a support group. Okay, hey, <laughs> high five, okay. I, um, I attend Centers for Spiritual Living in Georgia, have for a long, long, long time, okay. Uh, I have also been affiliated with Unity when I lived here in New Jersey. Um, lived in California 17 years, up and down the, the coast, okay. <laughs> Hello, okay, San Diego and San Francisco and all in between. So in a nutshell, um, it's, it's a restoration walk. Mm -hmm. that's, that's for everybody, okay? It's uh, the fear, you know, the midnight where she's in excruciating pain. Am I going to lose my daughter, okay, to death, okay? Been there, done all of that. I, I'm trying to come up out of the swamplands mentally to say, you know what? It's all an illusion. The experience was a, was a roller coaster ride, and 
we are doing this. Not can, not will. We are doing this because we are spiritually connected. There is no separation, and it doesn't have to be death in the sense that we have been errantly programmed to 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 perceive. Exactly. Wow, Regina. <laughs> wow, I'm so glad you're with us. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's why occasionally she'll have people around or something because she's, you know, being a love and sharing the love and support there. So. Well, and I want to there was no distraction as far as I was concerned. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I wasn't expecting that because I said, hey, guys, I'm going into class. And it's like, um, as long as you can get there, it doesn't matter where you are or what's around you. Yeah, that's true. But I don't want it to e evade on somebody else's, you know, territory. You know, they're trying to have that stillness. They're trying to be focused and what have you. And here you got my honey turned up trying to get to an electrical outlet. My That's my third oldest grand. Um, that was we, in the orange. Yeah, we have laser focus. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. It's like me driving tunnel vision. Okay. Going where I'm going and that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we'll be good. But yeah, I'll get that sent out to you. It's the, the address we have for you in Tom's River works. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like Please. And thank you very much. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's do a quick closing prayer. And then generally Regina, so you know, I have to go to work because I have to go work at the CMC office. Um, okay. I leave the video on, so sometimes Jack and Nathan hang out and talk more, um, but it's pretty much after 10, you know, you can go, you can hang out, whatever floats and your boat. And it cuts okay. off, honestly, eventually. And it, <laughs> yeah, like at 10.30 it kicks Okay, 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 so okay. Let's do a quick closing prayer. <sighs> Just take a breath. We're so grateful for the opportunity of joining together being with our mighty companions on the journey to be able to have the opportunity to look at life and death and ego and spirit and recognize that sometimes it's just worth laughing at. <laughs> and we just open our hearts, open our minds to be channels for whatever spirit would have us to say, whatever would have us to do today. We allow ourselves to be the ministers of God that we have been called to be. And so we bless the day and we bless all who we come in contact with. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. So it is. Ashe, Ashe. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Okay, so long. I have to run to this time, but I promise to hang out in the good land <laughs> real soon. Take care, Regina. Thank you so much. You as well. Have an awesome week, everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So Bye-bye. <laughs> well, Jack, I think I'm going to go down and see about these grandkids. So, uh, I'm going to hang out. I'm not going to hang out today. Are your, are your, are your kids out there? Out there yeah. with you? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're downstairs. Somewhere. Excellent. Excellent. You got to tell them the whole thing. Yeah, it's more than just the kids. It's the kids and the grandkids and the ex. Well, yeah, I don't okay. like the word dad. You know, I think it's the mother of my son. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were having, I thought you had your wife down there with you. No, I don't. She, that's another story. That's that's a graduation story. That uh, is, uh, I, I graduated from that ten year class and uh, just waiting for my diploma. So. Um, oh, really? 
it's another that's another story too yeah so it's a real rich summer <laughs> now I, i'm i'm well way behind i'm sure but <laughs> uh, well uh, you enjoy your grandkids and your kids and <laughs> all right Feeling for us all, Nathan. So thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Kelly. Yeah. Did, did you uh, did you get a chance to go over that? I didn't. I was going to. I'm going to do it right now while you're here. Well, do you have time? Or yeah, I, can, I, I remember it now. I keep forgetting. Well, no, I, I was. I I don't know if we're talking about the same thing or not, but. Okay. Was, what are you talking about? I was talking about the that the the chapter layout. Yeah, that thing that we're talking about the same thing. Okay, so so you you went through that. Well, I kept forgetting, so let me. Because yeah. I never found like I think you said like 164 pages or something like that. That was a gap in there. I look at this book. Yeah. I never found a gap, so. Uh, but I, I laid out the chapters and gave you the the uh, what I guess I'm calling. The uh, putting paragraph. What I put the circle of atonement. Yeah, I'm looking. Hang on. Wait, I'm in the circle of atonement stuff. This is too recent. Okay, there's COA 601, 601, 599, 596, 593. Here's the I need do nothing. I need do I need do nothing. Are you on the regular old what what version are you in? Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at the book that we're using in class. Yeah, the original. Are you hardcover or? Uh, yeah. well, hardcover? I've got the soft cover. Of the, the, um, the pocket one. Yeah, the pocket edition. Okay, so it's page three ninety six. What chapter are we on? What chapter are you looking at? Eighteen. Okay, chapter eighteen. What's the section? Eight. Eight. I need to do nothing, yeah. I need to do nothing. So section seven of that chapter is at page 589 on Circle of Atonement. I don't have your thing. Okay. Well, I, and I'm looking at my thing right now. Um, I don't know if you can still see me or not. but I can. Okay, because I'm looking at, uh, on my screen, I'm looking at the, the file that I sent you. Okay, do you have chapter 18, section 7? Uh, yeah, yeah. Dreams, dreams in the body. Dreams in the body. In Circle of Atonement, it's at page five eighty nine. It's called Beyond the Body. Correct. Right. Then section eight, the I need do nothing. Right. Doesn't show up in Circle of Atonement till page six ninety nine. It's actually the uh, really. That's my show. It comes up as the little garden. Uh uh. The little garden covers two sections. The little garden doesn't start until 71. The little garden for Circle of Atonement is on 593. Let me, let yeah. me check section. Good. I'm not going crazy. So, yeah, that one I need do nothing section is all the way at page 699. It's a complete jump. Hold on a minute. I need uh -huh. to 
I was able to follow it right on through. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how you did that then. What was it section? Oh, sometimes it's oh, that's section seventeen. I wonder. <laughs> Eighteen and uh, okay. See section eight. Section eight: The Clouds of Guilt. Wait, where where's where are you on the clouds of guilt? Oh, there. Clouds of guilt is actually uh, is actually section ten. Right. Okay. The delusional thought system. But before that is the little garden. Right now, what's before the little garden? But the little garden is on page 593 in the Circle of Atonement. Right, which is the same as... I do, I need do nothing. No, it's not. And the purpose of the body. No, it's not the I need do nothing. Okay, let's see. Look for the words, you still have too much faith in the body. It's not there. Let me go back to chapter 18 here, and this, and this is uh, 8. I need do nothing. Okay. Okay. Now see where the little garden starts in the circle of atonement? Right. That actually starts out as the purpose of the body. Mine doesn't. Well, what's it say in the purpose of the body in in the uh, pocket edition or that original? Oh, right. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. So the little garden is it's only the awareness. The purpose of the body is it's only the awareness. Correct. So yeah, the little garden is the same as the purpose of the body. It's the section immediately before the purpose of the body is not above the little garden and circle of atonement. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. So if you go all the way to page 699 in Circle of Atonement, uh-huh. That's where I need do nothing shows up at. All right, let me let me go 699 did you say? Uh-huh. Okay. I need do nothing. Wow. Isn't that, that weird? That is really weird. How could they have done that? Well, apparently at some point it just got moved around. <laughs> hmm. Well, you're right. That's what it's that's what it's doing. Yeah. Don't know why, don't know how. I could email Robert Perry, see if he can has any thoughts on it. Yeah, that's because that is really weird. But it, it is there, but I thought I'd seen it back here. Yeah. 
I thought I had found it. Maybe not. Well, yeah, I guess maybe I just, I, I was just thinking it blended somehow. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I go through it. I actually, I match them. Like in my, um, my original edition, I have like little sub notes of like this page matches. And so I match them section by yeah. section. It's called, it's called the little garden in the, in the circle of the too. Yeah. Wow. But it's just yeah. really up there. That's interesting. Yeah, it was kind of weird because I was like matching it because I like to have the reference for class in case I want to look up something in the Circle of Atonement. And I was like, where the heck is this section? And I finally had to use the electronic version that I have to search for it. And then I found it. And I was like, what the heck's it doing way over there? Yeah, yeah. You said it's, yeah, it's $6.99. $6.99. Yeah, I'm going to put that in my notes here too. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's, that's really weird. Okay. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out because that's the only part, evidently, that is broken out of there. Yeah, that's the only one I've found so far that's really like, you know, sometimes paragraphs will be different or section headings will be different, but never, um, never just completely yeah. relocated. Yeah. Wow. It took a little doing to, to match them all up, you know, but yeah, it, that you're right. That one is just, just completely been just taken out and, and moved. Move. Yeah. It's, it must be a time thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well that's really neat today. We had a lot of fun. That's fun. Yeah, I liked her. I just wanted to, I, I was glad she kind of, because at the beginning, she just kind of hedged around what was going on. I didn't want to push it, but, you know, there will be times when there's some mo movement around her because of what she's working with there, so. I don't know what she's working with, because I guess I missed the first part that y'all were talking. Her daughter, about a year ago, was diagnosed with really, like, I don't know what stage, but really severe cancer. Yeah, and, she's, and so her, she's she's basically moved in with her daughter. Her daughter's gone through like twenty five rounds of chemo and um, radiation, fourteen surgeries, da 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 da. Um, so she's living with her daughter and the granddaughter, and trying to like give the granddaughter a normal life while her daughter is, which is you know the the granddaughter's mom, is apparently, you know, having really severe cancer. Yeah. So has she been doing doing this in another group, or is she just now joined? She just now joined. She's brand new. Okay. She um, apparently was like just reading the articles on our website, on the CMC website, because we have like 140 articles up. Um, and then she called and said, you know, I kind of would like to become a supporting member. So she actually joined as a supporting member um, and said, you know, I might be interested in classes. And so I sent her the information. Yesterday, she's like, I read the information. Can I start tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, she, um, I mean, yeah, she wasn't somebody we solicited. We weren't advertising to her, nothing. She was just using our website as a resource yeah. and decided to join with us. So. Well, good. 
she's you know. just definitely an Addy plus. So. Yeah, she's she's real sweet, and you know, I, I was like, usually it's you know, I don't like a lot of stuff going on in the background because I, you know, like she said, you know, it can, it can be distracting for some people. But I was like, she's got she's got a weird situation going on. And I was like, you know, well, there wasn't really much of any distraction, you know, in this case, just you know, her her computer messing up, I guess, was the biggest distraction, yeah. mostly for her. Yeah, mostly for her. It wasn't that big. And when she was moving a lot, I just, you know, turned her video off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, ha I have the power to do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad she's with us. And um, well, really sweet and, you know, knowledgeable, but really, really, you know, wants to be joining with others. So. Well, that's the key. Uh, I, I think for, for anybody who's ready to, to, to jump in and, and, and start making a difference in their lives and, and stop seeing all the conflict and confusion that's going on or at least become more aware of it so they can overcome it. Yeah. And that's, that's what Jesus is just trying to help us to understand is that we can't overcome because he did. Yeah. Well, so that's really neat. I, yeah. I, I love it when people are ready to do that because yeah. I know where I was when I first started and it was, I was just so at my wit's end about dealing with yeah. this group. Well, and I kind of got eased into the course, but it was, yeah, I was going through my divorce and all that when I hired my personal trainer and my personal trainer is the one who introduced me to the course. So. Oh, seriously? Mm -hmm. You're talking about a physical trainer? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, that, that's actually, he's my, that's the guy who's my former spiritual teacher that I had the big falling out with. Oh. That I worked with. Yeah. That's how I initially met him, as I hired him as a personal trainer. Oh, okay. Well, cool. So be it. Yeah. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of those that, you know, I was like, I, I need to stay in their life, and it was very obvious that was not going to happen, so. Well, it was, it, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting journey for me to, to look at my, you know, my – ex-marriage relationship and and um, and how that's even you know it's there's nothing nothing so much has changed at this point with it in the in the sense that you know we're okay you know no longer being together and that's great you know <laughs> but I don't look at relationships the same as I used to so uh, and I see I, and if you read the that section 48 of uh, the first first chapter of the book Mm. and start going through that and you really get into that and you start seeing <laughs> you start seeing what we've what we've really done yeah you know to, to make ourselves um to to just make the separation real yeah. you know and and how we can how we can actually open up to correct it yeah yeah so yeah, so it's all good, and um, yeah, and it's interesting. See, my, my ex and I have no contact now. Yeah, um, and you know, I, I don't have much relationship with my ex either. Uh, in fact, for the most part, I, I think she just as soon not even see me or talk to me. But uh, at the same time, when we do see each other or talk, it's it's nothing you know mean or horrendous or anything like that. It's just you know it happened. And mine got so bipolar personality after we separated that I'm like, it, it got to the point where I was like, I was not sure I would be physically safe to be around him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it, he never, I never saw him get physically violent, but just the phone calls were like, 
I mean, like within an hour of each other, we go from, hey, I know we're not together, but you know, have a good holiday to F you, F you, you ruined my life, you know, da, 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 you know, and I was just like, I don't know if he got on drugs or if he had some sort of mental breakdown or I, yeah, so. Well, now, is that an actual bipolar situation where you're able to take medication or, or is it just? It just was that type of personality. He wasn't diagnosed last I knew. He wasn't on drugs that I know of, but I've never seen somebody's personality flip-flop as rapidly as his did after we yeah. separated. And that can be some very deep-seated conflict and confusion that they just can't figure out themselves. So. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, literally within an hour, I'd get a nice message, and the next one I got was cussing me out. Yeah. And like, I mean, one of them, he was really mad and cussing me out because I hadn't gotten a dryer to him like a clothes dryer that he claimed I had promised him and it was like some of the stuff he was saying when wasn't making sense I was like I wasn't gonna drive a dryer to you in Chino maybe I said I would put it in storage or something I'll have to look for it and then like I found out this dryer that he was cussing me over for not getting to him he had taken already he already had it <laughs> and I'm like I don't know if he forgot he had it but I mean it was just like out of the blue, just irate with me. Yeah. And it was like, dude, this is this isn't even what happened. What are you, you know? Yeah. So I don't I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened with him. Um, a couple of texts I've gotten since then was like, oh hey, I got a piece of your mail. I'll send it to you. God bless. And I'm like, I, I don't trust it. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's. I think the the biggest thing to do on, on things like that is to just not judge them, just let them be. Yeah. Because you know, spirits working with them, and and whatever way spirits got to work with them. Whatever way, yeah. So I last I knew, he's in down south somewhere, near where his family's at, and I'm up north, and that's fine with me. My peace is more important than anything else, and I have to, you know, I don't care care how many times a day I have to remind myself of that. It just, it, it just is. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> peace be with you, my brother. Pinky always wants to go. Yeah, can you do the thing where you, where you go like that and then, then do that? Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, I gotta get to work now. We found right. Have a good day. <laughs> Thanks. Enjoy you your week. Bye. Bye.